this chant is an embodiment and an expression and an energetic uh, movement of divine feminine. I've always found that it incites and ignites a spaciousness within, allowing the divine feminine within each one of us and us as a whole to open to new creative movements, new inspiration as a fulfillment of the eternal desire that seems to be pulsing at the center of each one of us in all its uniqueness. And so I offer it bowing before the mystery of each one of you. Salve Regina Mater misericord Die Space no astra salve. Ate clamamus exules Suspiramus Gementes et lentes In ac lacrimarum Vale Advocata nostra Illus tuos Misericordes Oculos Ad nos converte Et Iesu benedictum fructum ventris tui nobis postoc exidium Ostende O 
clement And if you wish, keep your eyes closed, but if not, open them. And as you open them, allow your heart to open and allow these words to speak to you in the way that they're already speaking within your heart. From 1 John 4, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you, lovely. Well, in the last uh, couple of weeks, we've been looking at the idea of community. That's been our theme over the last few weeks. In the first week, which was our, we had our Harvest Festival, we looked at the idea of confronting our dragons together. That we come together as a community to support each other during difficult times. And last week I spoke about the glue of community being compassion. That we have to learn to communicate honestly with each other. And share honestly. Even if that causes us pain. We have to go beyond our desire to be satisfied as individuals and really aim to be satisfied as a community. 
And that means going beyond our own wants and needs to try to help the wants and needs of others. And that naturally leads us on to the theme today, which is serving as a community. I was talking at the um, Aspen Connect event we had last week here on spirituality in business. And someone asked me what the role that service played in spirituality. And I said that whether they knew it or not, service was actually the purpose of their lives. Service, whether you know it or not, is the purpose of your life. Just like a tree serves in its life, it provides shelter for birds and animals, its leaves provide food, and then they rot into the ground and enrich it. In, in any number of ways, a tree is serving everything that is going on around it. So our lives actually are all about service, whether we admit to it or not. Most of the time, though, our lives tend to revolve around what we want, what we want to get, whether it's money or family or what we want to do, you know, to travel, to have jobs, to have fun. However, you know, however that's really just fulfilling our own wants and needs. And as I said earlier, part of the idea of living as community is to go beyond our own wants and needs and to be aware of the wants and needs of others. The truth is that like a tree, our life is essentially about serving. That, that famous quote from Paul, uh, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper act of worship. So Paul, and I'm talking about Paul in the Bible here, I was actually travelling, I've said this before, travelling with my wife through uh, Cyprus once, and uh, she pointed out, Heather pointed out a location, she said, well, Paul preached there. And I said, Paul who? <laughs> so, so we're talking about that particular Paul uh, in the Bible. He says, have your... Uh, your bodies be living sacrifices. His idea is that our lives are in fact wholly in service to the created order, if we could but realise it. And that to live a deeply satisfying life is to get in line with that truth. That's how you live a deeply satisfying life, to get in line with the truth that, that your life is about service. He even refers in that to service as being an act of worship. To be a living sacrifice is your true and proper worship. You know, we generally think of worship as being, you know, this, coming to church and praying and all that sort of business. But Paul is suggesting that our very life is an act of worship. And by making your act of worship an act of service to God, you are in fact in your life in continual worship. Which is really what we want to be, in continual worship. Now, worship actually simply means, the word actually simply means giving worth to. That's what it means. Worship is giving worth to something. You know, when you worship a rock star, you are giving worth or significance to that rock star in your life. And you allow the values of that rock star and the expression of that personal group to define you because you have decided that they are of worth. And so you align themselves to the values 
of that person. So what, worship is just giving worth to, when we're here in, you know, in chapel or whatever, we're giving worth to something. So when you worship the divine life, when you worship that, you are, what you're doing is giving worth, and this is what we're doing here, we're giving worth to the ultimate order and allowing that ultimate order to define you. You're giving worth to it and allowing it to define you. You give yourself up to it. And that's what is meant by being a living sacrifice. You say, you know, take my life. You, you know my wants and needs more than I do. Let me be a part of the unfolding of the universe. And let me play my part in that. You become a living sacrifice. Literally, as I've said before, literally sacre ficio. Sacre, sacred, ficio to make. So a living sacrifice, in doing that, you are making yourself holy. You do that by giving up to it. You're making yourself holy by giving yourself up to a greater purpose. And what that means is, in actuality is recognizing that everything is part of one unfolding consciousness. Everything is part of one unfolding consciousness. And whether we know it or not, Humanity now is the spearhead of that unfolding life. A loving creation that has been developing since the Big Bang. And we are now at the sharp end of that. You know, what we do matters. And if we simply choose to serve our own needs and our own wants, there is nothing contributed to the unfolding. We're just going in on ourselves. We're turning in on ourselves by just satisfying our own needs and wants. But if we see ourselves as a vital part of that evolution, if we see ourselves as in humanity as the flower of evolution, which is what we are, you know, we are the universe made conscious of itself. We, we are now the universe. There's atoms and all the bits and, that make us up. We're able to be conscious, and we're the flower of that. And if we see ourselves as a vital part of creation, then we give of ourselves. We become those living sacrifices made holy by our actions, and life unfolds further through us. We become part of the evolution of that consciousness. And that is how our lives, our service, becomes an act of worship. We give of ourselves so that life may develop and so that evolution may carry on through us. That, that is our ultimate service. Now, you know, that might seem a very lofty ambition. And, you know, when you're trying to pay the rent and get your kids to do their homework, you know, how do you actually get in line with that? You know, how, how do you make that happen in everyday life? How do you separate yourself from your, 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 your natural dreams and hopes, your needs and wants, to become part of something bigger? And I think, you know, that is really one of the key conundrums of the spiritual life. You know, when to act and when not to act. How do you decide whether you're serving your own wants and needs or serving the wants and needs of the good of the whole? And, and that really is an essential question. You know, how do you decide when to act and how to act? You know, Shakespeare, just a quote, you know, to be or not to be. That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune, which we all suffer, or take arms against a sea of troubles and by opposing end them. 
to die, to sleep no more. And by a sleep to say we end the heartache and the thousand natural shocks that flesh is heir to, tis a consummation devoutly to be wished for, to sleep to die, to sleep perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. You know, you do want that, not to have to do anything, just, just to dog along in life. Just to get on with it, not to have to worry about everything else. And, you know, it is an essential The Hindu scripture, the Bhagavad Gita, is all about that question. It starts, we're on to the Bhagavad Gita now. It starts with a great warrior turning to his God before a battle. And he's, the, the warrior is the charioteer, and, and the great warrior is, is in the chariot. And he makes the charioteer take him out between the two, his enemy and his, his army himself. And he takes them out, you know, the, the chariot takes him out between the two great armies. And he says, why should I fight this battle? What's the point? You know, half of my friends are in the, in the enemy opposite me. They don't want to kill me. I don't want to kill them. You know, what is the point of fighting this battle? I have no desire to kill these people. And they have probably no desire to kill me. What is the point of anything? You know, we have the same in the Hebrew Bible, in Ecclesiastes. You know, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. And what really is that is saying that everything is utterly meaningless. And when we try and work it all out, whether to do or not to do, or how, what's our needs and wants, or what are the needs and wants of the greater everything else, you know, you just think it's all completely meaningless. And when you try and work it out, whether you're serving yourself or serving the greater whole, it does feel that way. And in the Bhagavad Gita, the god Krishna replies. He says, your duty, know that your duty is to act without hesitation. Your duty is to act without hesitation. He goes on to say that you have a right to your actions, but never the fruits of your actions. You have got to act. Act for the sake of action's sake, but do not be attached to inaction. So he's really saying that Whatever's going on, you've just got to act. The dichotomy of to be or not to be, he says, is irrelevant. You don't need to worry about whether or not you are serving your own needs or the needs of the whole. You You don't have to work all this out. He says, it's only your attachment to the outcome of your deeds. In that, you become self-serving. It is in the attachment to the outcome of your deeds that you become self-serving. You should act with impunity, not being attached to the result. And later in the Gita says, a man finds success by worshipping with his own right actions the ones from whom right action arises and by whom the world is pervaded. And it's saying the same thing as Paul here. A man finds success by worshipping with his own right actions. You've got that idea again of your life being worshipped. Your life being worshipped. A man finds success by worshipping with his own right action, the one from whom all action arise, and by whom the world is pervaded. 
In other words, once you decide to become a living sacrifice, right action will arise within you. Once you decide to give yourself, right action will come up and you will naturally do what is right. Which is such a relief, really. The corruption, which we all struggle with, the corruption occurs when we become attached to the outcome. And it's our attachment to the outcome that we see the difference between our own self-serving needs and wants and the genuine transformed desire to make a contribution to the good of the whole. That's how you tell the difference. There are great passages about this also in the Tao Te Ching. The most well-known is, do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. Do your work, then step back. The only path to serenity. And, you know, in stanza 24 of the Tao Te Ching, it's great. He says, uh, he who stands on tiptoe doesn't stand firm. He who rushes ahead doesn't go far. He who tries to shine dims his own light. He who defines himself can't know who he really is. He who has power over the others can't empower himself. He who clings to his work will create nothing that endures. If you want to be in accord with the Tao, just do your job, then let go. Just do your job, then let go. And you know, it's completely infallible. It's utterly infallible. We worry about whether or not we're being selfish. How do I decide what's good for the whole or good for myself? And you know, there's no need. The test comes with our attachment to the outcome. And it's so difficult because we're so attached. It is the seed of all corruption. You know, I am attached to myself. I'm attached to 100 people turning up here on a Sunday morning. You know, I, I, I am attached to that. On another level, here I'm going into another area here, we're moving towards our gift day next week. And we do ask you to look into your hearts for that day to see if you might be able to give something. You know, it's part of our harvest, looking at what we've harvested this year. Maybe you've sold a house or come into some money that you can share. You know, some of you have given all that you can, and we do understand that, but it's a part of a way, you know, of keeping the lights on. So we do have to ask. And I build myself up to it, and part of me says that, you know, what will be, will be. But part of me is also really attached to raising the $40,000 that we want to raise. And I'm attached to that. And in, in every single area of our lives, we have that attachment. And it reminds me of that wonderful prayer. Teach us, good Lord, to serve as you deserve, to give and not to count the cost, to fight and not to heed the wounds, to toil and not to seek for rest, to labour and not to ask for any reward save that of knowing that we do your will. That is the true spirit of service. And that is really what builds community, that sort of service. Why? 
Because it creates real contribution that is not expected, corrupted by an expectation of return. And you know, you know, the very first step of that journey is a really difficult one. You know, it is, in Jesus' words, to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. If you put that first, if you put your worthship of that divine nature first, and have a relationship with the divine be primary, and become a living sacrifice, then all things will fall into place. It says in Romans 8, 28, And we know that all things, God works, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. And that's how it works. All things count for good for those that put their trust in that divine nature. You're not relying on your own strength in your service. You're relying on your relationship with the divine and with the universe. And it's such that it will take that good work that you do and will make of it what, it's, what it will. And we don't know what, what will happen. You know, because as Neil deGrasse Tyson says, the universe is under no obligation to make sense to you. You know, it doesn't have to make sense to you. We, know, we want to decide how to serve this is how we do it. We want to decide what I'm going to do. I'm going to go and work for Lift Up. Then we make it happen and we try to feel good about what we've done. This says that there's only one decision to make. And that is the decision to ultimately serve through making a living sacrifice. And by doing that, everything else is taken care of. Do your work, step back. That's the path to serenity. And, and it works on every level. At the level of the way we respond to people around us. Our service to them is not dependent on a result. It's not, it's not a business deal. We act and then we step back. And then the universe does the rest. And when we serve our communities in the same way, there should be no expectation. And ultimately, the way that we serve the whole, the way that we relate to all of our lives has to be based upon the fact that it's not us who's doing it. But we are doing it in service to a wisdom that is infinitely greater than ours. I mean, the wisdom of the earth and the wisdom of the universe is much greater than ours. And yet we think, we presume to think we know what's going on and we want to be in control. We don't know what the outcome should be. We just serve where we can. And then there's no pressure to achieve. There is just giving of what we're able to give. And we do the giving as an act of worship. Our giving worth to the greater whole of saying that there is a love that is driving all things. This is what we're saying. We're saying that there's a love that's driving all things and you want to be part of that love and to give to that love, thereby being part of the unfolding and expression of that love in life. And we immediately know if there's corruption in our giving when we become attached to the outcome. Again, in the Gita it says, the wise man lets go of all results whether good or bad, and is focused on action alone. Yoga, or union, is skill in actions. Yoga literally means union. And in this sense, the efficacy of serving while not being attached to the outcome of our service is to know that we are all fundamentally in union with one another, like the tree. And that it is the operation of wisdom contained in the union that's key rather than the wisdom we may think we have. We're part, last page, so you don't have to panic. We are part, if you're attached to me finishing, I'm on my last bit. Notice if you are attached, I could go on. 
plenty of time. We are part of something infinitely greater than ourselves that contains knowledge and wisdom that is too lofty for us to understand. And therefore, all we can do is act and then step back, trusting that all will be well. You give yourselves as living sacrifices because you are in fact giving to a greater whole that also contains you. You are ultimately giving yourself to yourself. In other words, you are becoming love, which is the foundation of all things. As it says in that reading that Kimberly read, Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is love, not that we love God, but that God loved us. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. That is the completeness of evolution. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. And next week, we're going to be talking about giving as a community. As I said, it's going to be our gift day, so do come prepared. Not that I'm attached to the outcome. (laughs) Good, that's it. So let's just pray. We do offer ourselves up as living sacrifices to our world. We pray that we may be appropriate to all those who come to us, all the things that we do, that our actions and our gift may be given without resort to a particular outcome or a particular solution. We pray that our leaders in the world may act out of love and that the world may become a more loving place and that the love that is at the centre of all things may begin to pervade more and more all that's around us. We particularly think of those in our community who are suffering at the moment. We pray for Father Joseph Boyle and Father Thomas Keating, both now in hospice care. For Martha Martin, for Sophie Layton, and for Cathy Markle and her family after the death of her mother. And we just remember all those that we know that are suffering, that aren't on this list, but we know we bring them by name into our minds. And we ask that loving power is sent to them. Amen.